Hi, my name is Daniel Major. I'm the CEO of Govex Uranium. Uh, we're a development company developing three, two projects uh, in Africa. Both are permitted. First one, we're trying to get into production by 2025, and we have a third substantial exploration project also in Africa. Daniel, good to see you. It's been a while. Oh, it's been ages. Ages. Been missing ages. you. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> um, so you're at this conference. Why are you here? What are you trying to get out of it? Uh, it always just to let investors know where we are. Uh, for us, it's more important now, of course, because we're now moving towards the end of the FS. So we're thinking about development and getting people involved in that. It's been a very busy year for us as well. So we've got a lot to tell people. We've also been doing some of it in Zoom, but there's some guys you really want to meet face to face. And the other thing about conferences, which you probably know, is you meet other people. I and mean, I just bumped into my boss from 1997. Did he, did he remember? Yeah. We did, so it can't have been that bad an experience <laughs> for either of us. Uh, but no, but you do meet people. You just yeah. you, you're not meeting them on the Zoom who are just periphery to the event. Mm. So and you know he's got money behind him. Um, so that was useful. That's good. And yet you're now of a certain size. You've grown a bit since we last spoke as well. <laughs> yes, uh, really. COVID has not been good. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But so has no, the company has done really well. I mean, I mean, and, and the sector's done really well. And, and as a as a project, we've grown a lot as well across the board. So I think, you know, when we went pre-COVID, we were down, you know, sort of 50 million. We're now well over $200 million market cap. So yeah, it's really, it's really so what, I guess what I'm trying to understand, does that mean there's a new raft of investors looking at the more of the institutional guys? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we started to see that about a year ago with our private placements who were coming in. Mm -hmm. The investors who were coming in at that stage were much more big institutions were arriving um, and have now started to fill. In fact, the last one was pretty well covered by six institutions, the whole lot. So I want, to, I want to talk to you about the marketplace. I want to start with the macro because you, you've been really busy. There's a long list of things I want to talk to you yeah. about and, and where you're at with that. But obviously, the, the big move this year has been spurt spot uh, physical uranium trust coming in, even yellow cake waking up a bit. And we've got uh, um, the Kazakhs doing their thing as yeah. well. So um, that's, that's changed. The, the, the face of the of the market, um, sweeping up mobile inventory across the board. Yep. Do you think the utility buyers will notice that? Um, the answer is they have, right. uh, very much so. Um, will they do anything? They are. Uh, and, and let me kind of rephrase it. Yeah, that's the physical that you're seeing out there, the spot, et cetera. But I think the point I always make to everybody is the fundamental underlying business has actually got better as well. So the demand side is looking stronger. I mean, WNA went from 2% to 2.6% this year. You know, you look at the news flow on nuclear, it's getting better. So the real fundamentals have actually got better as well. And we're looking at this big supply deficit coming up. So that's really what the utilities are looking at. So one of our uranium marketing guy was at the NEI conference last week, where he met with almost two dozen um, utilities. And the message is pretty much the same. They're kind of looking at Spark. Uh, and others, and looking at them as though they were the developer buyers earlier the previous year, where it all ran and then it lost steam. But they're kind of looking at that and say, well, actually, the real problem is, what are we doing about our own supply? Um, so there was actually presentations on SPUT, but certainly the feedback that I'm getting is they're really worried about the fundamentals of the industry, which is, you know, 24, 25 onwards, where does material come from? Diversification is another big issue for them as well. Um, so, yeah, it's surface wrapping, 
but they're looking way deeper into the real problem, which is there isn't enough supply in the market. That's, but that's been the case for the last you know, two or three years. You could, you, you could argue in terms of 24, yeah, but you've got to remember right? they've been pulling down inventory themselves. Yeah. And so you, they are all getting to that point. So if you look at most of the North American utilities, mm. they do not have contracts after 2024, 2025. A lot of them don't. No, yeah. yeah. So if where they were before, those were still the position. When you had three or four years to go, not a problem. When it's only two years to go before you run out of feed material, it becomes an issue. Spud's obviously having a factor, and what Spud has done for them is move the price up. So that's the other thing that's made it different for everybody. They Even when we were talking to them at the beginning of the year, they were like, we know the price is going to have to go up, but we can't really go and sign a contract for $45, $50 when the spot's at $30 and the long-term contract's at $30. It's just we're not going to get past our process. Now we're up at $45, yeah, it's much easier to sign those contracts. And most of the contracts that are currently being signed are being done at the 45 now. So that's that's changing. Okay, so you're, you're hearing and seeing contracts being signed. Oh yeah, we're, we get on RFPs now and we're fulfilling them. A, bit, a little difficult for us to respond to them properly because of course we don't have our FS. But what we do do is get the feedback right. of who is getting them, well not right. the people, but we know roughly the pricing. Right, it, it used to be an exercise of just trying to was feeling what, what the what the mood was. Now people are actually signing term contracts. Yep, and contracts are coming out longer termed as well. Okay. So we've seen contracts out to twenty thirty, okay. uh, and I think the most interesting one was um, one of the Asian utilities came out, and what I thought was interesting about theirs is they were looking for twenty twenty eight, but they had the first three years was at fifty five dollar ceiling. The last part was at seventy eight dollar ceiling. Which kind of tells you where they think yeah. the market's going to go to. And they're going to get all of their uh, supply from Kazakhstan now, aren't they? <laughs> it's not those guys. <laughs> <laughs> just putting out feelers, just <laughs> trying to catch you out. Um, okay, so obviously a lot going on. Obviously, in China announcing 150 new yeah. reactors helps. So the, the demand side is definitely there, yeah, that, without question. But also, and the narrative's changed off the back of COP26. And yeah. I think politicians feel that they've got permission to talk about nuclear as a yeah. base load solution. So that, all that's good. Macro is there. The thesis works. Let's talk about you. Yep. So very busy year yep. and you had the money to do what you wanted to do. Uh, and I saw a little bit of um, moving money around or moving shares around anywhere between Denison and A another who shall not be named. Uh, well, they can be named because they've actually filed their um, oh, good. their app. It was MMCAP. Got it. Okay. There you go. Was that nice and easy to do? It, it was, and it was a logical transaction for Denison. You've got to remember, Denison at the end of the day did a transaction back with us in 2016, where yeah. we bought assets from them. We didn't want to use cash at the time, so we gave them equity on it. Um, so, but I think the key for that one is that is that second stage. Denison have still got a big chunk of shares sitting yeah, out there, cents. and they price them at 80 cents. So that's where they're seeing at least GovX to exceed that because clearly to those to be exercised, we've got to go well past 80 cents for Absolutely. the buyers to want them. Absolutely. And I always think it's quite interesting when you can do it in a sort of civilized way. We, that we've was seen it, Exactly. Otherwise, you know, it's a massive overhang and you don't, want to, don't know what's going to happen with the next tranche Correct. if they need to exactly. offload. Okay. So, um, and so how long did that take? I'm intrigued by this. I only got the phone call 15 minutes before the press release went out. So, okay. That's just, they was done that quickly. Okay, because that, that's good news. So, uh, major thing for you, obviously, feasibility study, get that done. It allows you to have different sorts of conversations. Correct. Not with um, utility buyers, but also the market. Correct. Right. You, you are operating in a uh, world where there's lots of people saying 
they've got pounds on the ground and they'll be able to get into production. And then you've got a bunch of people who are a little bit more confident because of the experience and relevance of their team. Yep. I'm guessing you're placing yourself in the latter group. Of course. Of course. <laughs> no, I mean, and, and look, you have to take things through the stages anyway. I mean, we're a relatively small team, but I think one thing that we did was make sure that we chose people with a lot of experience mm. at doing the FS stage. So using someone like an SGS to know, well, Bateman now as they are an SRK, but certainly the, the SGS guys, they have incredible amount of experience as, as an EPCM. Mm-hmm. So the, the data we're going into and the level of detail that we're going into, I and mean, we've just done a whole geotex program, not for the pit, but actually for the plant. So digging the pits, making sure that, you know, when we build the plant, it doesn't sink in the ground. You know, it, when you've got guys who are, and I've just gone through six hours of HAZOP meetings so far, and I have, another nine to go through. But those are important factors. So it's not just about putting out a document, it's actually going through every single part of that project. What are the risks associated with this stage? Is it the crusher, fire risks, you know, explosive risks, health and safety risks? You're doing all of this. It is a lot of detail. When you've got people with that kind of experience, it helps you a lot to get to the end game, that you've got something that's robust and solid. And and as the CEO, that's the th- point you want. You don't want it to put something out at the end of the day that's not robust, because I've got to go and raise the money for it to build it. Uh, and you want to know it's, it is buildable at the price you say it's going to be built at. Or, or do you build it? Because again, I refer back to the, the my comment a second ago about Chinese uh, looking to yeah. plant 400 yeah. billion bucks worth of reactors, then they're going to need to get the source <laughs> Uh, sorted out. But, yeah, we've had this conversation before. I mean, the reality is, as a developer, you have to keep going towards the development path because you do not know if someone's going to come in and write a check that's way bigger than you ever imagined. Well, that's why I'm trying to wangle out of you. I know. But are you, the conversations happening now? No, because okay. people still want that FS. Even the Chinese? Everybody wants the FS. Right. Because they, you know, why would you buy something unless you know what it looks like? But And, and the point I'll make is in the last cycle, when you had Makuja River bought out, you had Trekopi bought, um, Euromin bought out, and Extract bought out, they had all finished their feasibility studies and they were all doing their debt financings. Mm. So that's the point you get taken out because at that point you've taken the risk off the table. Yeah. So you have got to finish that process. Network sorted. Yep, going really well, the network is actually. Okay. I'm very positive about that, um, particularly getting the molybdenum out, which is keen. Uh, we actually think we can, some of the network has come in so well, I think we can cut some capital out. Okay. Um, so faster leach rates, those kind of things are coming through. Okay, so capex coming down. Oh, always hopeful. I mean, look, you, the one thing we're battling against, and we don't know yet the level of battle is going to be inflation. And I'm hearing a lot of companies out there that are struggling with capital increases. One advantage for us is we did it back, the last update was in April. So we're now only one year on from that. We are going through a lot of phases in the project, like the comminution stage. Can we get rid of the sag mill? Can we replace it because of our rock type? If I can do that, I can reduce my capital. If I can do that, I can reduce my OPEX. So we're going through those trials at the moment. Uh, we're leaving the base case as the sag mill. But you know, what can we do there? It's an interesting point. Again, perception in the marketplace. When companies come back and all of a sudden their capex is up because of inflation, Yeah, you know, the market can be unforgiving there. So do you think in, 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 the, in this environment we're in at the moment, people are more, going to be more understanding or hopefully more understanding? Uh, I think there's a, a greater appreciation that it yeah. is there. But I think as a, as a 
you know, the guys in the company, we've got to fight against it. You know, the last one we did was five years after the previous one, and we yeah. basically kept it all out. Um, yeah. And we're doing the same. And we put a lot in the last PFS that we did. So we went to a great level of detail, you know, even to the point of working out how much we were paying food for to, to feed everybody. Uh, we got quotations for transportation all the way to um, Comorex and Convidine, um, which, you know, transporting uranium is not cheap. So we went to that level of detail to make sure that there weren't any surprises when we went to the next stage. Mm. We, the last PFS, the PFS was all about standardizing everything for us so that we could go back to these trade-offs and say, right, the process isn't changing, but we can now look at each section of it and say, well, how can we make that better? So we're looking, last time we looked at just coal-fired power coming in off the solar charge. We're now looking at a solar hybrid with the right. coal as well, because you know it's sitting there, yeah. but we don't, we can't. It's, it's quite expensive to just go for a diesel or solar. So let's get a blend here, and that we're showing brings our power costs down. Um, and why not use solar? We're in the middle of the Sahara Desert. Well, well, absolutely. And I guess the irony of using coal to dig out uranium for a cheaper baseload <laughs> is not lost. <laughs> no, okay, <laughs> let's let's let's. I want to come back to the Chinese thing because. Yeah. In, in the sense that people don't quite understand what your exit could be. You, okay, you get into production, but you, you, you are where you are in Niger. Um, there's, there's two trains of thought. One is you'll clearly uh, take out for the Chinese because they, that's what they do. They love Africa. Yeah. Or two, that there's going to be some kind of merge between you and Global Atomic because they're going great guns too, as, as are you. Uh, and that would be an, a natural synergy. So you guys haven't made your mind up yet, have you? No, because we, you have to define what the value is that you've got there sitting there. And the other thing to remember about us, we're not just Niger. I, yeah, no, I want to talk about Zambia, but, but, but Zambia, the Matanga project is as, almost as good as it, it, you know, as a lot earlier, right? Uh, yeah, but it, don't forget the metallurgical work that was done on both of those projects was already to FS. Right. So it is actually those two projects that we put together had both gone to a PFS completely. Mm. The, pr the reason we went back to a PEA is because Dibwe East was an inferred resource and just need infill drilling. Mm. So we started the infill drilling of that this year to just show that it worked. And we got great correlation between the inferred and where the new driller results so have come through. That because that one's going to motor along happily. And I, I know the, it's important because there's a lot of value in there that I don't think people fully recognize because they always think of us as Matawella. But it depends on what you do. It depends if you do asset sales or you're selling the company, right? Correct. So again, you've got optionality there. Okay, Correct. so how much money are you spending down there? Uh, this year we spend $800,000 on it. Okay, right. But so it's not focused, it's not, get, nor probably we'll get bigger should next it year. Be. Right. Bigger next year. With, with what money? Uh, well, we're sitting with about $8 million of cash at the moment. It's not a lot. That's to, we're pretty tight, as you know, <laughs> yes, spending money. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I quibble about your bill. Uh, yeah, there we go. There but bills, <laughs> doesn't pay anything. There we go. So, I mean, the, the, the next stage for us really is to get that infill drilling and the met test work down there. Mm. Um, we've got warrants still coming in as well. Okay, tell me. So we've got about three and a half million dollars of warrants we expect to get, which are in the money now okay. by the end of this year. So we're, we're going to be well cashed up for the, you know, going into next year. Right, but, but if I look at the what some uranium juniors have been doing, they've been taking advantage of the market. You've had a, a couple of goes at it in terms of, obviously, when Split came along just a few short months yeah. ago, that happened. Beginning of the year, people's expectations were kind of uh, wildly excited. Um, um, there's going to be a lot more of that, I, I suspect, when, when Split, or Sput, yeah. as you call Sput, it, yeah. um, this is lists... 
<laughs> a Sputnik. <laughs> Sputnik. Um, it uh, lists on the NYSE. I think it's yeah. an expectation that they will. They've got a lot of uh, firepower in terms of the dollars Correct. available to them, and their intent. Uh, and some would argue their incentive uh, because yep. of the rest of their business. Yeah. Um, they. That's going to be another moment. I mean, you'll take advantage of that to raise uh, more money. Look, at the end of the day. We're a development company. You know, we spend money as wisely as we can spend it, mm. but without revenue, you're going to have to keep coming back for money at some stage. Right. Um, the last time we raised, I think, was February of this year. So, you know, we've done a yeah. lot of work since that last raise. Um, you know, we've done something like 26,000 meters of drilling across our projects okay. this year. So, we've been very busy. Um, FS plowing on. So, yeah, but we're well set for the next. We, we can time it, is the point. Okay. Interesting. Uh, let, let's talk in the new year about the yeah. where, 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 how you where make we on the uranium plant. But you're also a gold company. No, we're not. You're not doing Mali? Uh, we're doing Mali, but the thing, the one thing we were trying to understand with the gold was where the whole geology and Mali's changed quite a bit as a project for us. Yeah, hardly because, any clues anymore. Yeah. <laughs> no, actually, a, a bigger clue than we ever had. It's like now, what do we do with it? it, it, it and, and just for a geological context, as you know, that you know, this is a narrow vein, yeah, yeah. sandstone hosted level with a fault structure coming up underneath it. But we had two gold trends coming into it. So, well, we need to understand because we've got copper there and silver mm -hmm. and uranium, mm -hmm. and we could see gold coming in at the same time. So it was like, well, this isn't just a straightforward uranium project anymore. What do we do with it? Um, and there's no point in going to explore for these flat lying uranium deposits if the real deposit's actually underneath it. Right. So that was very much why we were doing the gold work as well, to understand how this fitted in. Because that gold trend actually comes in under our uranium projects as well at the same time there. So what we have shown is a big IP target that sits right underneath. Is that a nice problem or just a problem? It, for, for the geologists, it's a fantastic problem. <laughs> I mean, economically. No, no. I mean, look, if it is a sizable polymetallic, mm. it's a really nice problem to have which is very much could be. I mean, right. they, these kind of uranium-bearing polymetallics uh, are not very common. Uh, there's some fairly substantial ones in, in Germany. Uh, the biggest known one, of course, is Olympic Dam. But, yeah. uh, you know, it's unlikely to be that. But, yeah. you know, but there is something substantial there. I mean, the target we've got is well over two kilometers in length, just underneath the right. filet where we've done the IP work to date. Are you spending money on it? We will be drilling it next year, okay. um, going down into it to really understand what it is. No well, one's ever well, that, been done. That brings you eight million bucks into even with the warrants, brings it into, you know, I, you don't need to spend right? it. Yeah, well, absolutely, but you don't need to spend a lot of money at the beginning. It becomes an early stage exploration play. So you know, four or five holes, but you're you've keeping hit it. it. Oh yeah, we well, don't know what it is. So how can I tell you whether I'm getting rid of it or you know? Well, I, I don't know. You see, we're seeing a lot of new entrants into this space. They're, they're jumping well, you are. Thematic, but the so thing is, if you go, value. but if, if you look at it today, I don't know what's in that target. So until we know what's in that target, we can't make a strategic view. If we drill down and find out she has a copper, silver, gold project, then, away. then we will yeah. do something with it strategically. Right. Um, you know, do we spin it out on its own? Do we raise money, sell it off, do whatever? But we need to know what it is. You know, you don't sell. You know. Footstuts, as they say in South Africa, sight unseen. <laughs> okay. Well, look, 
Great to catch up with you. I know you're rushing off to meet a whole bunch of investors Absolutely. right now. And obviously that's very, very important and hoping to get some new ones interested, I suspect. Always, too. Lo- always looking for new investors. So look, good to see you. It's been far it's too been long. Absolute pleasure. See you soon. Absolutely. Um, and w- well done this year. What a great year. Thank you very much. Take care.